Shut up and sit down. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Once You Know Me. Thanks for coming back, and I really appreciate uh, those of you that are listening and continue to listen and subscribe. I It's very much appreciated. Thanks for those that have left reviews on iTunes, uh, the few of you that have done so. I really wish that more people would get out there and get those likes in, and you know, if you like what you hear or if you want to hear more, you know, the more that you give reviews and the more that you interact and we exchange some sort of, you know, discussion online or on social media or through emails, uh, the more chance I will stay motivated in continuing to release material and get on here and do this thing because it's great to get on here and hear myself, uh, but I'm not really doing it just for me. I'm doing it for people out there that would like to hear true perspectives from someone um, that is a father and a husband. Maybe you're going through similar things in life or you have similar past experiences and you want to hear you know, someone else's take on things. I try my best to be objective about things. I like to uh, come into any sort of discussion with an open mind if I can. Obviously, we all have our, our vices and I have my own set of you know, bias against certain things or for certain things. That's not me. Uh, intentionally doing that stuff, but I, I can admit that there are certain things you're just, you're already, your mind is made up on. And uh, although I never would say that I am a definite on most things, uh, there are some things I just, I know that it would take a lot of crazy circumstances that are pretty implausible to occur for me to change my mind. Anyways, uh, today we're going to talk about the ever imposing discussion on social media and everywhere else about, uh, you know, the nominee, the nominee for Supreme Court Justice uh, Judge Kavanaugh and his sexual assault accuser, uh, Christine Ford. Now, I again, like I said, most people come into these things with their own set of ideals and they already have their minds made up. I came into this thing thinking, okay, uh, what could happen is she come in and she gives testimony and everything she says just makes sense and I completely believe her and everything would be, you know, me thinking that he's guilty of whatever she's accusing him of. Uh, the problem is, uh, after watching these things myself, and here's another thing, if you're getting your information third hand, meaning if you have someone telling you that they watched the video, and even if you're getting your information second hand, if you're listening to uh, some talk show radio guy, and he's giving you a breakdown on what you need to know uh, so you're not a member of the sheeple or whatever it is. You know, if you're getting your information that way and you didn't actually watch the hearing or you didn't like sit down and read the transcripts from the hearing, uh, I would really appreciate if you'd give this a listen because I think you would have a different perspective on what you believe is real and how things were treated during the hearing if you actually sat down and listened to it. Um, I, you know, I can only tell you what my takeaway from it was uh, from my perspective. It's relative to me alone because I watched it and this is my take on it. So don't take my word as the gossip. Don't take my word as this is the truth 
this is just what I believe because this is what I saw and this is from the information that I've gathered and uh, the facts of the matter. This is what I came down to as a as a conclusion. Now, uh, I'm not going to lie. Initially coming into the whole thing, my first response was, this is a smear campaign. This is them coming up with a person at the 11th hour again to throw out some allegations towards someone that are likely going to be substantiated and eventually they're going to try to stall this nominee until they have a vote in November. And I'm not going to lie, after hearing everything, my stance really hasn't changed that much because that's exactly what it looks like happened from the Senate or the congressmen and women's uh, actions not necessarily from Christine Ford. I think that something possibly happened to her when she was a teenager. It's very probable. Uh, You know, I know growing up myself, there were several instances where you would see a boy uh, put his hand on a girl's, you know, butt or, you know, grope a girl or something. And usually, now here's the thing. Usually the girls would laugh it off or they liked the attention and they would do things to, garnish that attention or they would actually feed into that attention. I'm not saying that they were asking to be groped. I'm not saying that girls asked to be raped. That's absolutely insanity. And I think that anybody that forces himself onto another human being deserved to be punched directly in dick. Okay. (laughs) I have a daughter. I have a son. So whenever we look at this thing, we have to look at it from both perspectives. We have to say, okay, how would this affect a male, and how would this affect a female if for whatever reason I am the father of one? And I'm a father of both. So every time I see a situation like this, I have to think of what would affect my children if they were on either side of this discussion. And it's a good perspective to have as a father of both a male and a female. So uh, I, I think about, okay, what would I do if this were my daughter? If Christine were my daughter? I would say that she did a lot of things right, and there were a couple of things she did wrong. Uh, the main thing that I think we need to talk to our kids about is coming out and telling someone when something happens immediately. Now, this is a loaded question, and it's a loaded question because, for the most part, when someone does something like this, it's coming from a close relative or a close family friend, and the person that has had this act, you know, acted upon on them Uh, They don't know what to do. They're scared, and they feel like if they say something, it won't be believed. And they feel like if uh, they do say something and it is believed, that that person is going to get in a lot of trouble and possibly have harm, uh, you know, acted upon them, which, you know, and that's my biggest fault as a father. If my daughter said that someone touched her, I'm I'm going to believe her, and I'm going to initially want to beat that person uh, to a pulp, possibly skin them alive and throw them into a fire. Uh, you know, but I don't think necessarily that that's what the victim would want. And I'm not sure if that's what the victim even, you know, has in their mind at the time. But in my, you know, from what I understand, kids, it's just a complex issue. And some kids, uh, especially, you know, really young kids, uh, are afraid to come out. And, you know, as much as you want that to be the answer and for someone to come out immediately and, and say something, it's just not that easy. However, if we are going to wait until someone is nominated to be on the Supreme Court uh, for us to come out with an allegation like that against them, 
that's too long. Uh, you're, you've allowed this guy to serve several major political positions throughout his life. Um, I mean, it literally worked in, you know, for the Bush administration. Uh, he's been a district judge in uh, Washington for a very long time. Uh, you know, if you had an, an allegation like this and you're an adult, you're a grown woman, you've had you've got your own things going on. You live on the other side of the country. If you knew about, you know, this stuff happening, that you should have came out a long time ago. Uh, it should it should not require um, a, an 11th hour release of this information. Now, she's not fully to blame on this 11th hour, you know, release. Uh, she said that she had sent an email over to uh, Feinstein over in uh, California and her actual, her district uh, congresswoman. Uh, she had spoken with them. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, but <clears throat> that was all supposed to have been done uh, like 40 or 50 days prior to the hearing uh, that ended up taking place yesterday. But the uh, the biggest thing to take away from all of that is that there were several FBI investigations performed on this guy. There have been several other, uh, you know, sup- like the Senate hearings and the and Congress people have been working on, you know, vetting this guy for so long. They've been investigating. Anytime that something came up, they'd investigate it. They had a private hearing where they asked him questions that he they couldn't be asked out in public because they were sensitive material, uh, things like that. And I think that it's a, it's a you know, a, a big red flag to me that there were per- persons like Feinstein inside of these meetings, inside of this investigation that knew about this allegation, but she never once said anything or asked him, are you a sexual predator? Have you ever had an instance in your life where you were a sexual predator? Uh, and this came out during the hearing uh, yesterday. That was actually asked um, of him if that question ever came up during the interview process uh, for the Supreme Court position, and the answer was no. Uh, and from the dates of that and from the dates that Feinstein was given this information, uh, it's very clear that she was withholding this until it was at the last minute. <clears throat> and mo- most people come to the conclusion, specifically those that are not on the left side of the political spectrum, that this was a delay tactic uh, to make it come all the way down to the end so they have as much time possible to delay any sort of real investigation until after the November election where they're going to have several people going out and getting you know amped up and, and you know basically mobilizing their particular party into going out and they're talking about this blue wave because, you know, this is the aftermath of Trump and everything else. But <clears throat> here's the problem. When people see this as a scam and you have people on the other side of the aisle that see this as a scam, they're going to be motivated and they're going to get energized to go out and vote as well. Uh, so I think, honestly, that this is going to be a shot directly in the foot of the Democratic Party and honestly, I hope that this starts to dismantle the two-party system a little bit more uh, than we saw in 2016, because this is it's just beyond what it needs to be. We, we have so much other problems that are much more serious in our world uh, than worrying about partisan politics, and we can't get past this direct divide down the middle of the aisle. It's clear as to how things were handled on who believed who before they ever walked into the room. Uh, you know, every single time uh, Dr. Ford would go to talk to a Democratic senator, they were snowballing, I mean, just barely lobbing up stuff 
to her and the whole time apologizing about everything that she went through and that they believe her 100% before her testimony, before the end of her testimony, before, uh, you know, Justice Kavanaugh had a chance to say anything. And the same thing can be said about the Republicans whenever they were speaking to Kavanaugh. Every time that he went to speak to a Republican senator, someone on the right, they were just nothing but, you know, we're sorry, you're a great man, everything is wonderful, uh, you know, from your past, there's no way you did this, this, that, and the other. Well, no one has heard all of everything yet. I mean, until you get toward the end there, you haven't heard everything. Now, I get it. I, I mean, there were several things that came out during this whole hearing um, that made me throw up red flags. Um, the main thing that comes up is that all of the people that were alleged to be at this party, not one single person from that has said that they saw this happen. They don't, uh, Several of them say that the party never even existed. Now, that's a pretty big deal. If you're going to say that this is a he said, she said issue, and then you have people that file a, a, a legal testimony, something that they are under penalty of perjury, if they falsify any of this, uh, they wrote down their statements and they submitted them for the investigation uh, that this did not happen. Now, if you're coming down to what she said against what he said and you put the witnesses in the room or in the house when this happened and they all say that they don't remember this happening, you cannot fault to the person that is making the claim. You have to fault to the person that is being uh, claimed against. You have to prove guilt, not innocence. And there is no proving of guilt here. You cannot provide any collaborative evidence that this actually happened. Now, just because she said that it did, doesn't mean that it did. And just because she can't find someone that says that it did happen, doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't either. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about what can be proven. And whenever it comes to any sort of justice system, any sort of, of it, you know, coming down to the brass tacks of things when it comes to someone being found guilty, you are not required to prove your innocence. You just, ha they have to prove, they have to provide enough evidence to prove your guilt. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way this comes down. There are other things that I didn't really, uh, that didn't really match up and things that kind of made me question her, uh, the, her honesty when it comes to like her saying that she, didn't know about the offer for them to come to California or the original statement that she didn't want to come to D.C. initially and that she really wanted them to come to California because of her fear of flying. However, she goes on tons of vacations and she visits her family on the East Coast every year and she flies every time. She flew over there to Maryland, then she flew up to New Hampshire. She flies to, to Hawaii and Bali all these other places that you know that they that ends up coming out in this in this hearing, uh, but she's so afraid of flying that she almost demands that they come to California, and to me that is just absolutely bananas. And for you to say that you're so afraid of flying that you can't come over to give your testimony is such bullshit, and it's another delay tactic. And I don't know if this was her counsel that did that or if this was uh, you know Diane Feinstein bullshit or whatever, uh, but someone told her to say this and it just doesn't match up and it, and it ruins your credibility. If there's anybody that's not looking at this directly uh, from a partisan angle and they're coming in it objectively, when I saw that particular part of the testimony, I was like, oh, her credibility just got shot. It's all, it's, you know, throw that shit in the fucking, 
in the lake. It's it's done. Well, <clears throat> on top of that, the 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 other things that people keep saying and and the the main reason that we have to go forward with her side or whatever is it, what if this is your daughter? What if this was your wife or your mother? And I'm sorry, but that is it, it doesn't apply here because it, the same can be said about him. What if he was your brother? What if he was a father? What if he was your your son? You know, <clears throat> and I'm, I meant to say this a little bit earlier, uh, but those things cancel each other out. You can't believe one side over the other just because of their gender or just because of what the claim is. You have, like I said, you have to go about what are the facts and what can be, be corroborated as facts. And right now, all of the facts, no matter how you want to hear it, if you don't want to hear it, I'm sorry, this is the truth. All of the facts are pointing that it did not happen as she says it happened. That's what's been corroborated. And as much as we wish, or you wish, whatever, that it was the other way around, it's just not that way. And we can't just say, oh, well, you know what, this is a this is a folly, we have to move on, let's just cancel him and we'll bring somebody else in. Because really all that does is concede to the fact that he is guilty without having any actual evidence that he is so. And no matter what this does to the country, even how, how far it divides us, how much further we push away from each other, it's not going to change the fact that he hasn't been proven guilty. And you cannot punish him for that. You can't punish either one of them for that. And I have no doubt in my mind that something possibly happened to this poor woman. I hope to God that if it did or whatever did happen, that somehow some evidence comes out uh, that proves everything she's saying. But the way things played out here, it doesn't seem that way. And it doesn't look like it's going to be played out that way after these confirmation hearings. Because I think everybody went in with their preconceived notion on who is guilty and who is not. And everybody left with those exact same preconceived notions. Because this hearing doesn't do anything. And claiming for an FBI investigation doesn't do anything either. Those guys don't come down to a determining factor specifically from something like this 35 years ago. Where you can't find any information from anybody that actually tells you who did what. Except for the fact that the guys that have put forth their testimony, written, they were investigated, but they were not questioned during this hearing... Uh, they have written testimony that says it didn't happen. That's the only thing the FBI would get. All of the information you need from an FBI investigation is right here in front of you. The problem is, like I said before, people are playing their party. They're playing it like a fine little fiddle, and they're just marching to the band. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do for their constituents. They know that whenever they go home, they're already in a blue area. They're already in a red area. Whatever that area is, is just going to vote the same way they've been voting. Because that's how we do. That's how this country runs. That's how politics are done now. That's how all of this has become like just such a freaking circus. No one out there went into this thing with an objective head. No one in that hearing had anything objectively thought of. They went in knowing exactly how things are going to be. And it's just really difficult for me to understand it. And I can tell you right now, I said this back when the Roy Moore thing started happening. If you are a woman and you have had a sexual assault against you, or if you've had something like this happen, you need to talk now. There is not a tomorrow. There is not a 20 years from now. There is not a 10 years from now. If this happened to you, or if something like that happened to you, now is the time for you to say it. It was a time to say it two years ago, or a year and a half, whenever the Me Too movement first got started. 
And I'm telling you right now, I hope to God that this is a wake-up call for men as well. I hope that you understand that if you do do something, even if you don't necessarily think it's that bad right now, it could be even worse tomorrow. You better act accordingly and treat women with some fucking respect. It is not that hard. I somehow went entire my entire life without sexually assaulting anyone. I don't understand how it's that hard. I don't get it. And I can tell you right now, there is not a woman out there that can come out and say that I sexually forced them into anything. That is an impossibility because I know for a fact I didn't. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, a girl laughing at me because I had, when I was in high school, I had asked her if she was okay with me grabbing her ass. And she was like, why would you ask that? No one ever asked that. They just do it. And then she laughed at me, which I thought was just bananas. I was like, well, I, you know, to me, I was taught uh, to be respectful. Now, you might say that, you know, it wasn't respectful for me to even say that out loud, you know, but I was attracted to her and she had made it clear she was attracted to me. And I thought that, that was the polite thing to do. But after she laughed at me for it, I just, I just moved on. I said, no, that this isn't a good idea. I'm just going to walk away from it because I was awkward and I didn't know what to do. Um, but I don't know why I went down that trail, but here we are in the end. Everybody feels the way they did before the whole hearing happened. And in the end, everybody's going to vote the way they were going to vote before this happened. It's just sad to me that people are continuously dividing themselves and letting themselves be played so hard by a group of people that shouldn't be in office anymore. The entire room should be completely voted out. They should have term limits. Lobbyists should be shut down anytime you have spent over 20 years sitting in a seat and you can barely read because you can barely hold your head up and your hands are shaking. It's time to, you know, it's time to hang up the towel, man. Go somewhere. Retire to Florida or the Bahamas or Hawaii. Go somewhere. Get a ranch out in Texas and just, you know, live out the rest of your life doing something out there. It's crazy that these people are still in charge and that their old ways of thinking just haven't changed. It really brings me down. It really does, as you can tell. Um, but anyways, that's uh, all I'm going to say on this matter right now. Um, I don't really think I said anything constructive here. Uh, but I hope that if you come into a situation like this, you can sit down and tell yourself to look at it objectively. And try not to immediately jump on whatever the bandwagon is for your particular party. No matter what you vote, try to look at your own bias and and fight against that bias. Try to push that way, way deep down inside and look at it as believing both sides from the get-go. And I know that that's almost an impossible request, but that's the only way we're going to ever move out of this. It's the only way we're ever going to become better people. It's the only way we're ever going to actually unite and stop dividing each other. Because there's no way that this angle that, you know, all women are believed no matter what is going to fix things. Just like they're all women cannot be believed because they're all making up these stories after the fact. That's just not the case either. Sometimes people are telling the truth and sometimes people are lying. And if you can't look at each story objectively, then you're not doing any good to anybody. You're just harming the country.
You're just harming everything. Anyways, that's all I got today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for you know tuning in and subscribing. Uh, if you haven't already, go to iTunes. Give me a like. Uh, write a review. Even if you have a terrible review, I'll take it. You know, give me whatever you got. I can take it. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, I have a private Facebook group, Once You Know Me Podcast, and the email is Once You Know Me Podcast at Gmail. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you.